This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to a Real Man Wood podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host with my co-host, Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. And uh, it's been a couple weeks, dude. We have uh, taken a break. I was on vacation last week, and then you know, the Super Bowl ended. Um, what's going on, man? How you doing? Not much. Uh, lost a bunch of money on the Super Bowl, and apropos ending to my NFL season. I'm sure you've talked a lot about Obviously, it's, we're a couple weeks away, so there's nothing really to brush up about that. But at least it was a good game, right? I mean, is that the main takeaway? It was a good game. Broke. It was a good game, and Foles stepped up and handled the pressure and, and played well yet again, and I didn't think he was going to. So, I mean, I was wrong. I bet the Pats lost some cash myself, and uh, whatever. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, over. I'm over. Favorites went 1-10 in 10 in the playoffs, and um, I don't know if this is true, so don't quote me on it, but I read somewhere uh, Bill Belichick, if he's a part, uh, a part of the coaching staff, He's one right. in fifteen when facing a team for the first time in the playoffs. Does that yeah, mean anything at all, or probably not? Right. He's a bad coach, is what it means. So if he's facing he's a team that season for the first time in the playoffs, supposedly he's one in fifteen. I, I don't know how true that is, but or that probably doesn't mean anything. But I thought that was curious. In a way, it makes him just like the most brilliant um, uh, a guy who changes paths midway ever. Apparently, you know, he, he can he can counter. But I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, Philly converted a fourth down on the final drive. And if they don't go for that or don't convert that, Patriots win the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, no, so, I know. I, yeah, right. right. It was, and, no, that, that was pretty close. Uh, to, uh, the, the two Bills definitely watch. I, I'm not, I, I, I heard that 30 for 30s are really good, but I never really watched a lot of them. But that one, right. I would check out for sure. I, I never watched that shit. I never watched those 30 for 30s. It and just... And you know what else is really good, List was uh, the Shaq and Kobe thing. That's like the only thing I would recommend from the whole All-Star. I know you're not a big hoops guy, but the All-Star weekend. The game was actually better than usual, but the Shaq and Kobe one-on-one, <laughs> did you catch that? I didn't see it. No, what was that? It was just really good. They sat down one-on-one for an hour, I mean, with commercial breaks, and they just talked. And um, you could really – it was really kind of similar to the two Bills. Uh, it's clear they had not talked uh, you know, away from the camera in years, and they're put down next to each other and very uncomfortable, and, and they can't fake it, and really interesting. It, it really is worth watching. Uh, okay. Were I mean, they, like, friendly? Especially Shaq and Kobe. I mean, guys, thieves. I mean, Shaq and Kobe hated each other. I mean, they talk about, like, the break, like Kobe was ready to go to the Bulls if Shaq were, wasn't traded then, and there's, like, really inter- interesting revelations that both of them kind of learn themselves, you know, because, you know, they both have egos and all that, and they probably never heard the other side of the story. Right, right. Everyone kisses their ass too, so like they don't, you know, they don't hear the truth a lot. And probably. speaking of which, they even bring up, you know, the Shaq rap. Kobe, tell me how my ass tastes. Like they even bring that up. So it's pretty. Uh, it's not bad. <laughs> I'm telling you, watch that if you see the unreplay DVR. That. Yeah. All right. All right. I, I knew you were a big fan of that rap, but um, I didn't. I didn't realize. I didn't know the lyrics as well as you did. Yeah. Okay. Right. I created my own raps, but I. I'm not ready yet. I haven't. I haven't had enough drinks yet to start busting them on the uh, 
video cast. You do strike me as the type that would probably write, write your own raps in high school. Not, not in high, well, actually, we did do raps in high school. I was actually playing guitar. My friend was rapping. But this is, you know, like the, we were – I was – Beastie Boys were our age pretty much, you know, so we were just imitating that shit. Right. Quality though, but it's not it's not suitable for a family audience like this podcast. Right, right, right. Some of the, I'm telling you, some of the titles. Although my <laughs> friend, who's a serious musician now, he he like tours with like major acts. Like he was playing with Greg Allman before Greg Allman died, and he was he plays with like the Blind Boys of Alabama. He was saying like it was a while ago. He's like, we need to re-release some of that. We need to re-release some of that uh, rap material. <laughs> would you still have, would you still be employed? What's that? If I uh, no well. No, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, not. Okay. <laughs> and you've gotten away with some stuff too, so that must be like really brutal. Yeah, no, it's back. It's next totally next level. Next level. This, it was not. It was. It was just imitating a lot of very bad influences that we had, and uh, but it was you know it wasn't that bad. All things considered. Um, all right. Well, I, I think we need to move on to baseball because I'm yeah. deep into baseball prep. I've done. I've already done like a one important draft. The NFBC beat Chris List first league. Um, I hate sharing this stuff and talking to you about it because you, know, you are a nutless monkey. You and Jeff Erickson's like you're in a lot of my leagues, and like I know you guys don't think for yourself. So I start telling you who I like, and then I just know you're going to take those players because you don't really have an independent opinion or thought. And so you may as well just fuck me over. And plus, maybe I'm right about some of these guys. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I hear you. Yeah. Uh, Super Bowls come and gone. Basketball, little time. I, I'm, I'm full on baseball mode. Yahoo launched uh, recently. Um, tinkering with my rankings. I got labor as soon. It's a week from Sunday. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I wanted to give you the platform here. Actually, I'm sure you've talked about it a bunch on XM, but, um, the recent columns you've been doing, that looks like a lot of work. Like w- what are you doing Liz? Like what? I don't understand that. <laughs> like, you're actually, like that, that, that seems like, like time consuming and an actual, like you're burning calories. Like what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Jeff said that too. You know what it is? Cause everyone's so fucking lazy. They're like, I like this guy swing strike, right? It was X, Y, and Z. You know, he, his bad vip was that, you know, they just fucking look up a couple stats and just post. It's easy, right? You just write some shit. But this is actually a lot of work because you got to get the data out. And what I basically did was I went through my last year NFBC team, the 12 team. I'm going to do it for the 15. I don't think I can do it for both 12 teams. It's too much work. But there's a page in the NFBC where it just shows your league and every single team and all the stats that those teams have accumulated. Okay. So it's not – you know, you have all the players that are on your team, but it's not just showing like what Paul Gold, – well, Paul Goldsmith, basically whoever had him just had him every week. But like it doesn't just show what like you know, Reese Hoskins did for the year. It shows what he did on that team after he was picked up, which is probably most of what he did for a year. But let's say you know, he played a few games. It just shows the stats – that that team accumulated. And so by taking all those stats and putting them in a spreadsheet and then matching it up with the draft results, I could see which players were original starters in the first 23 rounds, reserves 24 through 30. And I shuffled it up a little bit. Like if a guy took seven outfielders or something like that, you know, I I put before he took all his pitchers or catchers or whatever, I I figured out who was a starter. And then guys who they added later who weren't, weren't at all on their original draft sheet, but showed up in the stats on their team. So I gave an S next to all the guys that were original starters, an R next to all the guys who were original reserves, and a U next to all the guys who were undrafted on any given team. Now, somebody might be drafted by one team, dropped, and picked up by another. But either way, that guy got a U if he showed up on the other team because he was a waiver wire pickup. And the whole idea was to figure out all the stats of the undrafteds and the replacements in actual lineups. Because when you add them together, that really is replacement value. I mean, it's literally what people replaced their starters with the entire year. And what were some, some, some surprising results? 
Right. And so, well, this is the 12 team, remember, but, but the, the point of it is, okay, so what's replacement value? Because replacement value is kind of the basis for value. We do this in football all the time. We're like, okay, if, there, if there's receivers on the waiver wire that get you like four touchdowns and 700 yards or 600 yards, then a guy who gets 700 yards and four touchdowns isn't really worth much. You can't, you can't value him from zero. You value him from above whatever the replacement guy gets you, right? I mean, that's everybody's value begins the second that he exceeds the value of the freely available player, right? Right. right. That's replacement. That's the concept of replacement value, and it's important. And so I, I've always been having trouble figuring out what is the real replacement value because you can look at the stat line of player 169, given 12 teams, 14 players, 168 hitters. Okay, the 169th hitter, that must be replacement value. But that's not right. The 169th guy is just one guy. That's just a stat line. What your actual replacement value is is the sum total of all the moves you make during the year because you, you get a guy, he's, he's good for a month, and he sucks, you drop him. You get someone else who just got called up. You're constantly cycling through. So when you're looking at replacement value, it's probably quite a bit higher than what we normally think of it as. Yeah. It's, the, it's the aggregate of all these moves that you've made. So I basically did all this work to figure out, at least in that particular league, which I think is pretty representative because every league picks up all the best players. Every you know, serious league, which is all the NFBC, right. all the Aaron Judges, Justin Smokes, Logan Morrisons, they're all picked up, every single one. So there may be some small variation between leagues, but pretty much the picked up guys are the picked up guys and the starters are the starters. Not, not just are they all obviously all picked up, but, but aggressively right away, you know, immediately yeah. they're in like, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that you go league to league, there'd be some minor variations, right. but pretty much the replacement's the replacement. And then to say, okay, this is the replacement. And the result were surprising. I mean, like in first base, like they actually hit more home runs, the replacements hit more home yeah, runs than the crazy. original. That's, yeah, that's think, like, how's that possible? Well, it's possible because like Brandon Belt, Miguel Cabrera, Albert Pools, this guy's got a lot of at-bats that were drafted that weren't very good. But if, if you were to stay in somebody's lineup all year as a replacement at first base, you're going to have to really hit, right? Otherwise, you're going to get dropped, and you're going to get dropped as soon as you lose any at-bats. Reese Hodgson gets picked up. He gets 20 homers in like Bellinger. two months. Bellinger. Bellinger. Actually, he didn't count. I think he counted as an outfielder yeah, okay. for the purposes of that. But there were so many guys that hit tons of home runs. I listed them in the article. And you can see why the guys that actually – during you know uh, Matt Adams – was a monster for like two months when he was picked up when Freddie Freeman was hurt. So um, it was a little surprising. The other surprising thing is the pitchers. Like you think, oh, we got to stream to have yeah, a really just, good team. Justin Smoke hit like 40, right? Hit 38 home runs. Yeah. Logan Morrison hit 39 home runs. Right. I mean, these are guys just picked up off of waivers. Right. But, but guys like, you know, Matt Adams and, and Reese Hoskins were monsters when they were in there. Mark, so there were just Reynolds. so many. Mark Reynolds. Mark Reynolds, yeah. And, and Yonder Alonso was probably dropped when he right. stopped hitting, but he hit like – 26 home runs in two, three months, like three months, all those guys were hitting. And so, um, the other, the other takeaway was the pitching. The starters had like a 384 ERA, the starting starters. I have, I mean, I'm using starters in two senses. One is like your starting players, your starting nine, right. some of whom are receivers and then starting pitchers, but your starting, starting pitchers were 384 ERA or something like that aggregate. And the replacements were a 460. So, you got killed if you were streaming. When this new offensive home run era, like picking up a guy right. with a couple of starts, it was a it was a grave mistake. That's your computer, by the way, making that very rude interruption. That noise. Yeah, I can I can mute it. I could have actually like deleted my email, but I actually get emails still. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so that that is interesting. It totally makes just fundamental sense. Like, yeah, you you do not want to stream, mess around with those mediocre starters. They'll just destroy you more than ever these days. So, so what is the greatest takeaway from all this? Well, I'm not done yet, but what I'm going to do now that I have the replacement value numbers worked out, at least under this system, and there are issues with it, we can get into those. I'm going to now plug those in 
and use the steamer um, projections, and I'm going to re-rank everybody using the you know the quote real replacement numbers, yeah, and then see how guys rank, and it may shift value around quite a bit, right? Wow. And the baseline for home runs is 23, not like 15 or whatever I used when I when I used the sort of 169 player projection model that I was using. Yeah, I want you to do that homework, and also the other assignment I gave you. Um, what, what what was the other one I told you to do? You said uh, well, steamer versus ADP versus NFPC ADP. Yeah, I looked at it actually, and I was going to write it, and it wasn't that interesting. It was like steamer won some, NFPC probably won more, but some of the ones NFPC won is because um, steamer kind of misprices a few guys based on the NFPC's contest which is that oh, you have an overall contest, no trading, so you need steals. Like You can't neglect saves and steals. So those guys get priced up a little more. I, I fixed the saves. I figured out how to do saves. You do seven starters, two relievers. Right. Like that's required, even though it's not. And that's how you get the saves to count properly and compare relievers to relievers. But um, with the steals, since anybody can theoretically steal a base, it's very hard to isolate those as required. It's like you can't well, I need an outfield steel guy with 30 and an infield steel guy. And those guys are super scared. You know, I mean, you could like do something like that, but it's kind of tricky. So, uh, so the steals guys get undervalued by steamer because if you're just doing a, a trade league and especially like a, a one-off league that doesn't have an overall component, you could tank steals if you wanted. I mean, you don't need to overpay for it. Sure. So steamer just kind of takes it at, you know, when, when I convert the steamer projections into dollar values, it doesn't, there's no sense of necessity. Oh, you have to get this category. It's just sort of like, what's everything worth? You know, it just, you know, if you don't get any steals, okay, then you don't get anything for steals, but you might have a ton of value with the other things. So it doesn't artificially bump up the steals guys. And so there's a couple of things like that that were anomalies. It really, I can show you the link, but it really wasn't that interesting, actually, like who did better. It, it wasn't that enlightening, like, oh shit, here's right. where steamers did. Yeah, I it guess was just kind of enemy. That's not super surprising, I guess, if the answer is some, you know, win some, lose some. I guess, I guess that's the most obvious answer. And then it would have been. It's some of the ones that the NFPC won, and I would say the NFPC did better, were just like, yeah, obviously that guy had to be drafted. Right, right. There was one other actually uh, interesting study that uh, I, I, could, I could throw at you. We discussed it a little bit, I came up with it. Uh, while talking to uh, Jeff on SiriusXM, it was a very enjoyable segment this week because you were on vacation, so so you weren't there. But I was curious if someone could look at the data, if there is any sort of um, uh, you know sort of uh, when you draft these big events like draft champions or say even your RotoWire ones with a big payout, when the winner drafted, if it's closer to the season or typically earlier because there's obviously some advantages to one. There's more information the closer to the year, but also say you do it like last month. Uh, ADP's less tight. Uh, maybe you're on it more than even the Sharks. Man, maybe you've been paying attention, all, you know, during football season. So I'm curious. The answer probably will, will be the same. Some are late, yeah. some are early, but interesting. Yeah, I would be pretty sure that, like, over like a hundred years of doing it, that because you know, any one year, any and when, it's just there's a lot sure. of luck involved. But years of doing it, that you that drafting in February would be the advantage. January, February, early as okay. possible because. You can get so much value that's just not available later. So while you might get unlucky and guys get hurt, if you don't get unlucky and you get the value, um, you're going to have a team that nobody can build in March when the, when the values are known. You can get you can have more inequality. Right, right. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. So that's what I thought. But so I was curious if there was any data on that. The the earlier you draft, the more advantageous it is. There's questions of what draft slots the best. I think it varies on year. Right. I mean, like there's certain years where so-and-so is going third usually 
yeah. so you get, you know, and that guy goes crazy. Okay, great. That's the place to be. Um, and then some years it's just the, the top guys, the top guy, you know, I mean, it's, I don't think that's that big a deal. I do think there's a little bit of an advantage to drafting on the ends, like first, second, 14, 15 or 11, 12, yeah. because I think it is a little better to get two picks in close proximity and then deal with the runs rather than every pick. You don't really know until sure. another, you know, 12 picks, whether you're what, what's going to, what it's going to look like. Yeah. And you can really uh, be helpful if you're on the, the second to last pick, if that other team, it helps even more. So like, say if you're in playoff league, so they know you're locked in in a position, say football, same could be like yep. two catchers in baseball though, if you're picking second and then you get to the wheel, it does help. I mean, that's, that's an advantage that only you have on the board or say the pick number 14 in the 15th. Yeah. League. yeah. Two picks away. You can kind of figure it out. Three picks away. You can kind of figure it out. But sometimes you, you play that game and lose, right? Like the guy does something surprising. Like he's got two middle infielders and he takes the third to fill up because he just likes the guy. But yeah, it's a slight advantage. I would say, um, I, I don't know if you took a look at the B Chris list one roster. I'll talk about about that next. So, so talk about that. Um, so this, this is one of my favorite drafts I've ever done. And I know I talk shit like my draft is amazing every time, but I don't always believe that shit. Sometimes I'm in the draft getting really pissed, like everything. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, like uh, players, I I like go and I do a nutless monkey pick like last year. And I took Jackie Bradley in the ninth round. I, Should say, I should have taken Eric Thames, but Thames didn't even have a good year, really. I mean, he had an okay year, but it was just one of those picks where uh, I kind of like froze and, and tried to do something safe. But Yeah, if you had um, taken Thames, you would have dealt him at the end of April. I would have, yes. <laughs> I would have dealt him for a first-round pick to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is, he, is he a first-round pick or is he the first overall pick? You know, that was, that was the, um, But, uh, yeah, no, I, I this fell great. Like, I picked seventh, and I was hoping to get, like, fifth or fourth so I could get Kershaw, and I got Kershaw at seventh. And I was lucky because Goldsmith sixth, and I don't want Goldsmith with the humidor. I have no interest well, in him in the first round, really. Well, you're going to um, laugh at this. Uh, not, not to spoiler alert your second-round pick, but I just recently moved Freddie Freeman ahead of Goldschmidt on my first base. Oh, so did I. So did I. As, soon as, as soon as I saw that Derek Hardy thread, did you read that? Yep. Derek oh, thread. Bi- a big, big influence on me. Yeah, yeah was that. Yeah, yes. I was just like, a, this is about as scientific as it gets. And I, you know, I don't know for sure, but this is like laid out pretty clearly. Yep. Um, and so – yeah, I, I'm going to downgrade these guys. I'm going to upgrade the pitchers a little bit. So I got Kershaw, and then in round two, I was hoping to get Machado because I just age that he is, the park that he is. He'll have shortstop in third base. I just think he's a monster. He'll run a little bit, um, and he went one pick before me. So I was a little s- stuck in round two. It was either uh, Syndergaard, who I really liked, but I was like, I got Kershaw. I'll probably get Carrasco or Verlander or Severino or somebody like that in round three. So I'll, I'll take a bat in round two. And then it was like Freeman or Donaldson. And I was like, I, I guess I'll take Freeman in that park. Like he was killing it before he got hurt. And he's in the right. He's younger than Donaldson. So I took Freeman around too. What do you think about Freeman over Syndergaard, over uh, Jose Ramirez, over yeah. Gary Sanchez, Lindor? What do you think about that? I love Freeman. He was just such a monster last year. And who knows how much injury affected his production even when he came back. So don't just look at the missed games. I mean, if he's healthy now with that different, you know, obviously the way that Park plays, as you said. Yeah, like I said, I moved him ahead of Goldschmidt, so he's fine there. Syndergaard would be the, the question for me. Obviously, I'm a starting pitcher guy. He could just be out for the season tomorrow, or he could just be a total monster and just more valuable than any hitter. So it's, it's so... So it's very much a risk reward there. But um, the one that interests me is Judge. Did you can see you didn't even mention him when you said you took Freeman over Judge? I mean, you know, coming off the year, the hype. I feel like he's the guy that's gonna. He probably has the highest ADP among all those that you mentioned. Or am I wrong? Uh, I guess I, 
I don't know. I, I guess I guess I don't think his batting average is legit. Do you know I think how many he'll runs be, Aaron Judge score. scored last year? What's that? Do you know how many runs Aaron Judge scored last year? 112. See, this is this is what's crazy. Hold on, I want to be sure. Aaron like Judge scored 128 runs. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, when you scored. hit 52, when <laughs> right. you score yourself on 52 of them, right. it's pretty easy. And then they're going to have Stanton hitting with them, so he's going to score a ton of runs. Uh, it's just a great place to hit. It's, it totally would have been fine. Um, I might have even I, I don't know why I, I didn't really think of it. Like I, you know, I have my cheat sheet, and uh, I think Judge was the top outfielder like i was just going by position on my cheat sheet i think judge was the top outfielder left at the time i'm positive he was actually but uh i just i was freeman or donaldson yeah and i'm, I'm totally fine with freeman and uh you, uh, you got donaldson, and you got donaldson I, coming back which is great i want to ask you about um uh rizzo real quickly because he went right before you took donaldson he's gonna be second base eligible in yahoo a lot of us didn't want to but it's just the way it it, it fell and once it once it's there we don't like to take away eligibility people will go even more crazy that way where would you where would you rank him like wh- where would you treat him in yahoo friends and family i mean it's pretty obviously a drastic difference well i mean there's not that much difference in overall value typically like the last few years between corners and, and middles right. like there's just so many good middles and yahoo probably has even more because they're because so generous the leniency right right and so, like, you know, they do different things, like middles steal bases, corners hit for power. Uh, I mean, it's it's good to have the flexibility. It means you, you know, can cover in a case of an injury. You can pick up, you, know, you can move him to second and pick up a first baseman or move him to first and pick up a second baseman if that's the best available player and you need steals or something. Right. It adds a little value in Yahoo. Um, but you're no not, doubt. like, bumping him up a bunch, like not making him into first round or something. I, I like Donaldson better than Rizzo, I think, straight up. I don't know. It's pretty close between the two. I think I take Donaldson over. Donaldson's just a better hitter. Okay. But He's you just, wouldn't if Rizzo second base eligible, would you? I mean, if he's first and second, it would, it would definitely be attractive because okay. then, you know, he's covering a really scarce position. But, you know, in the NFBC, that's not happening. Um, so, so, you took, so you took Donaldson before Severino and Carrasco. Did you consider and, the pitchers? I, I didn't consider. I, I, I almost took Donaldson right. where I took Freeman. And so the fact that he slipped to the third round, I I had Kershaw already. I was like, I just snap called it. I didn't even think. I didn't, no, didn't he even could be a monster. He could, yeah, he could go crazy. He was like a first round pick last yeah. year, and he and he got hurt for six weeks, and then he basically hit like a first round pick. Right. He's like thirty two, so there's some downside, but he's healthy now. So the real question, the real decision. So the first decision I had was round two. I took Freeman over Syndergaard, and and I didn't think much about Judge, but he could have been in Donaldson. And then round four, I was like, okay, I'm going to take Donaldson, and one of those guys might come back, like Verlander or one of the guys I consider aces. And Verlander did come back, the last ace in my opinion. And now Granky with the humidor, although Granky was gone. I, I was mocking Granky in the fourth round of the XM show a few weeks ago. But with the humidor now, I'm not really mocking it. You can't. But <laughs> you can't. Now, now it's like he's in a pitcher's park. Yeah. so uh, Or he might be in a very extreme pitcher's park. Yeah. So it was Kimbrell or Verlander, and I had Kershaw. What would you have done in round four? Uh, I probably would have gone Verlander, but I get it with that age, that pitcher. I mean, it, it's a risk, and, and getting one of those two elite closers is—I mean, it's it's a close argument for me. I probably would have gone Verlander, but I certainly wouldn't fault you. I mean, it's a coin flip. What was your yeah. what was your ultimate decision on why you went that way? My thinking was in the twelve team, you can fab closers, but you can't fab fab like two or three. You can fab one, one and a half, right? And so if I had one total rock. The only guy I can count on. I didn't want to spend a seventh rounder on like a quasi closer on like a Felipe, you know, uh, Felipe Rivera. You know, I, I just feel like to me that's like you're paying an expensive pick for really an untested guy to get a 
Rock, who's right. one of the two guys you can really count on. I think Chapman's actually in that same boat pretty much, but yeah. three guys to count on. Um, to me, it was yeah, just sometimes I just, we overreact to just one season. Wasn't it like a year ago we were worried about Kimbrel? Didn't he like have bad control for a, f- a couple months? And and obviously Chapman was ahead of him in every single draft board. And then suddenly it's like if they're both healthy, like yeah, sure, Chapman, you know, slightly shaky, but still in his prime. Why are we so changing so much based on you know four or five months? Yeah, I mean Kimbrel had a knee injury and Chapman had some other issues, but he was throwing really well in, in, down the stretch last year. His arm was fine. He's still throwing a hundred plus. I'm not worried about Chapman at all. Like I, I like him too. And that might've been the, the place to take Verlander Chapman then went, um, actually I would have gone before Chapman went. So I could have taken Verlander and Chapman, but I, I just felt like Kimbrel will get me a lot of the ERA and whip that Verlander will like an AL, you know, Verlander, what, like a 330 ERA and a 115 whip would be sort of projectable 117 whip. Yeah. I mean, Kimbrel's going to get like a 150 ERA and a 0.8 whip in 70 innings. And it's going to almost be as impactful as Verlander's. 200 innings. So ERA and whip, I'm basically covered and I get the saves. So I'm just missing the strikeouts and the wins, right? I mean, that's really what I'm giving up. And I'm like, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wing the pitching with Kershaw and Kimbrell's going to get me enough ratios to pass on Verlander. Uh, and then of course, you know, because I, I ended up just going all hitting. I went Buxton around five, Posey in rounds. Of course you did. Segura in round seven, Puig in round eight, Cano in round nine, Real Muto in 10, Baez in 11. I didn't take a pitcher till round 12, another pitcher right. in McCullough. Yeah, that is interesting to go a pitcher in your first pick and then uh, not another starter until round 12. But um, yeah, no argument here. I love the, the Buxton Puig, such list picks. Um, Posey there, I know the upside is just not there with the homers at this stage of his career, but in a two catcher format, you got to like that, right? In the sixth? Yeah, I mean, when you're building like a real stud offense and you're like, okay, I've got Kershaw, Kimbrell, I'm punting the rest, and I'm going to build a ton of offense, it's, I kind of like getting two really good catchers. Yeah, I mean, batting, Muto, average, batting average from that position is just huge. It's huge. I mean, like, I'm, I'm suddenly dominating batting average. So I got those two. Freeman is good. Donaldson won't hurt. Segura is good. Cano is probably good. It's just a lot of batting average. And that, that's a category, like, you just don't want to mess around with. If you want to compete in the overall, you want to just have that like 280 batting average and not even think about it. Yeah. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cash back or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from VCUSA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Sure. Yeah, no, I like those picks. And then uh, I like how you went a stretch here in the middle with six straight all-starters, was it? Yeah, six? Well, no, I got, I got Blake Parker as my second quasi-closer. Oh, okay, six, six straight pitchers, though. Yeah, six straight pitchers. Yeah. And I actually, but after McCullers, I yeah, went back five. to two more hitters just for value. I get playing chicken, Gregory Polanco and Miguel Sano. I just thought... Yeah, Both have huge upside. Yeah, I have no idea. Sano fell. I, I did a, a draft Champions League, and he just kept falling and falling. I didn't need a corner infielder. I just took him in my utility. And um, I guess there, it has to be the legal troubles is, the pro- is what people are worried yeah, about, yeah. right? Yeah. 
he may get suspended, but it could be like two weeks, right? I mean, it could be like two months, but it could be two weeks. But in round 14, I mean, I, you know, this is a 12 team, dude. I mean, my round 14 pick may very well not pan out. I'll have to pick up somebody on well, deep no, waiver. He was like raking last year too before he got hurt. Like he could yeah. be a total monster for huge. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, so, so I had everything except pitching, which I was going to go by volume and saves, which I'm going to go by volume after Kimbrel. Mm-hmm. But I had every other category and I was like, I'm a little light in power for a 12 team in this environment. I mean, everybody hits a little bit like Buxton's right. a 15 homer guy. Posey's a 12 to 20 homer guy. Segura's a 10, 15 homer guy. Puig's 20, 25. Cano's a 20. Like they're all like, there's no threes or sevens or tens in there really. You know, they're all got, you know, Real Muto at 17 last year. Bias can hit 25, 30. They're all home run guys. But I really, you know, Donaldson Freeman aren't Stanton and Harper, right? I mean, they're good home run guys. They're not elite. Mm-hmm. So I felt I was maybe a little light. So Sano just gives me a 40 guy if he's healthy. Sure. Or for the, even if he misses a month with the suspension, you know, he's, he's still going to get me a pro-rated 40. And I'll get okay. someone else in his space, in his place. And then I got Chris Davis in like round 21. No, yeah, I was going to say that's such a list piss, pick. Another one, uh, uh, Davis, it's embarrassing how early you had us pick him in a League of Leagues because I had to go back and look because we have keepers due. And I'm right. actually going to save that to next week because it's a uh, it's week from Thursday. So we'll talk a little bit about that on next week's podcast. We'll okay. go over a couple. Uh, one I'm excited about is I picked up Reese Hoskins, so I added him. So that's it's, that's that's pretty sick. The only thing you did last year. Well, I picked up Jimmy G too and Garoppolo. I stashed him. Okay. So, but uh, we'll go over a couple. But anyway, I'll tell you one guy we will not be keeping at his price is Chris Davis. Uh, for, you love this guy, and well, yeah, at that so price, basically on base percentage. Yes, true. That say. is true. That is true. But at that price, sure, great, great pick where you got him. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, but this, our, this, one, this one. Yeah, we we invested so much in NBA in that league of leagues, and our team is terrible in NBA. This is an embarrassing league. Like well, you, know, I, you know, our first two round picks in a league of leagues that, that you know constitutes three sports was Kawhi Leonard and Boogie Cousins. Oh, uh, and Cousins was crushing it. Yeah, uh, absolutely crushing it. Cousins like the we should have been like the number one pick in the entire thing. Yes. And Kawhi Leonard, we played it. And then he tore his yeah. Achilles. Around. And we played it safe by going the NBA route. You know, that, that was us. And it's, it's Kawhi. Well, I mean, honestly, like this year, I mean, baseball gets like this too. I just, I just can't believe like sports. It's just so frustrating. The injuries in sports. It's really, it's just really, uh, football was like that this year. And uh, baseball some years and, and basketball has just been horrible this year. Yeah. No, we've got other minor ones, but we also have Vucevic, who was like legit, like top 30 player too. So Kawhi, Boogie, and Vucevic all going down has been, it's been rough. But, uh, but we'll, we'll talk more keepers next week. So move, move, move on to your draft. Who, do, who else did you get next? Oh, uh, you, well, like, so, uh, you like Robles? Uh, I got him in like the 21st round, I, 22nd round. Yeah, I mean, he's really fast. He plays good defense. Michael Taylor, who knows if he sticks, you know, guys get hurt all the time. Adam Eaton's coming back from an injury. So I think, you know, they'll definitely keep him down at least two weeks just to get that extra year. But once that's up, you know, if they eat it, they'll use them, I think. I'm making a point of just having more patience. I I overrate that myself. Two weeks just means so little in a long baseball season. I mean, just look at where Trey Turner went that that year, last year. I mean, it's a joke. Even in like NL labor, he went for like four bucks or something. It's two years ago. That was two years. Sorry. Yeah. Two years. Whatever it was, it was like clear that yes, he was going to miss. He wasn't going to be brought up right away, but still like there, sometimes that gets priced far too in to the cost. Right. With guys who have crazy upside, right? I mean, there's no point in like, oh, you know, I'm going to stash this prospect that you get called up who doesn't have a lot of speed. And, you know, he's got some decent pop, you know, there's just, there's no point in that. But 
you know, Robles could steal like 40, but you know, he could be like Trey Turner kind of, and that, that's worth waiting for in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's, always, like, it's always something you got to pay attention to when you're looking at like prospect lists a lot. Most of the people writing those are not talking fantasy and they right. factor in defense. So you have right. to really pay attention to that. Yeah. They'll be like this shortstop Ahmed Rosario right. is like <laughs> some prospects. Right. Like, dude, there's just no point. Like, what are you, what are you going to get from it? Right. Right. So watch him have a huge year now that I'm totally <laughs> the blow up. Yeah. Right. But uh, there was the same thing with what was that guy? Who's the shortstop on the Braves last year? Uh, Dansby Swanson. Oh, yeah. we've got to get Dansby Swanson. Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. What, what, what's it going to do for you? Hmm. You know, the, the guys who don't have like exceptional power or speed or both, preferably, there's no point. Right. So I, so I basically the pitchers I got were McCullers, who I actually don't have a huge um, McCullers feeling, but he's in that good park on a good team. And everybody's like, he's got the best stuff in baseball. Like, you know, okay. Well, it, let's. It's still underrated in a World Series game. Season on the line, he threw 28 straight curveballs. I mean, that's just underrated. I'm sorry. He literally did. Under, in what sense? Who does that? Have you ever seen that before? I've never seen that. No, but the biggest under, stage, but let alone. Does that mean that he's good, or does that mean that it's just it, weird? It worked. It, I, I, I mean, it must be one of the best pitches in baseball if they know it's coming and they can't hit it, and it's a loaded lineup. Yeah, but that's like he'll tear his arm off and he just throw curveballs. He might, he might. And who knows about you know lefties? But we'll see, we'll see. But there's, I mean, you like the, I mean, Houston's playing like an extreme pitcher's park, you know, over the past few years. So sure, I like him. I mean, I mean, he's the type of guy that like you know uh, top five upside. Right, that's what I mean. So I just got him in round twelve. But th- but I love Taiwan Walker with the humidor as like a, a legit pedigree. Like throws hard. He had a decent year last year. I mean, the thing is like, oh, so let's say Arizona lowers some home runs and you're like, okay, we'll remove a bunch of home runs. He still like kind of didn't have a great whip and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I sometimes think these guys, cascade once they realize, yeah, there's a cascade effect. So not only do they get more, you know, they get out of the innings and getting a fly out instead of a home run and there's another guy coming up, but also they don't get shell shocked. They're not like, they're like, wow, I can just throw, trust my stuff. Let it move over the plate. Let the guy hit it. It's no big deal. I don't have to nibble because if I, if the guy does hit it, it's not going to be out of the park. And they just get lots of confidence because they're like, oh, I can just throw my stuff up. They get more swings and misses. They're confident about that. When the dudes do hit it, it's no big deal. I think it can, it can change everything. And he's just at that age where we've sort of given up on him as being an elite guy because, you know, he's, he's a big prospect, but he's just been okay. And I think he has the arm to be an elite guy. So it's just one of those guys that I think could be elite by midseason. If Taiwan Walker were like a 275 ERA and, you know, more than a strikeout an inning – Everyone would be like, oh, yeah, it's Taiwan Walker. Like that was a major prospect that just finally made good. It's just a, it just I, I could see it easily happen. Yeah, uh, he'll probably will deal this year because I was all over him last year. Owned him everywhere. Um, yeah, we'll see if he can if he can stay healthy. The stuff is nasty. And, and as I said earlier, people uh, I'm buying into the fact that this humidor could just be drastic. And the other little under the radar thing is Tomas terrible defensively. I guess he's now going to be a fourth outfielder. But like uh, Gerard Dyson, like really good defensively like if he logs you know a ton of innings out there that could really help as as well I guess Alex Avila might be their new starting catcher and I think he's really bad pitch framer but with that part going from one of the most extreme to hitters to one of the most possibly you know certainly neutral with the possibility of being like extreme pitchers you throw Dyson out there uh, the setup is certainly there for this whole staff to uh, really be underrated in fantasy leagues yeah, I don't know if Souza's a good outfit, though. They just traded yeah, I for looked him. It up. I looked up at the trade and whatever. His, his metrics on fan graphs were like a little below average. Okay. And they got rid of uh, – what's his name? Uh, who's the uh, second baseman that they just got rid of? Oh, Drury. Drury, who's yeah, a bad Drury. fielder, too. Right. Like it seems like they're just do, going all in. They're like, well, okay. J.D. Martinez, yeah. right? J.D. Martinez. I don't yeah. – Him, though, they, you know, Tomas I, I think is going to be marginalized. Right. Get rid of Drury, who's not a good fielder. They get rid of – 
they add good fielders or, you know, guys that are certainly better than Tomas. Yeah. Because Susan kind of is like, well, why do you need Tomas now? You have the same kind of bat. And, you know, he's right. like both slightly below average instead of, you know, one of the worst uh, outfielders in the league. Right. So yeah, no, it's an interesting team, man. That that uh, that division is pretty loaded. I'm looking right now. I guess, I guess Kettle Marte is, is pretty good defensively, too, I guess. So, yeah, no, that's the setup, man. I mean, I'm not even a, a grinky guy, but uh, but I had to move him up. All, that whole staff could just people are going to be all over Robbie Ray because they were on him anyway. But um, I, I do like guys like Kevin Walker. And I don't like the walks there. Maybe he doesn't nibble and he attacks more with the with the you know with the humidor. But I'm not on Robbie Ray where he's going in the fourth or fifth round. To me, that's like he doesn't belong there. He's not an elite starter. He's not an ace. Yeah, he went super high in this league you were in. Yeah, no, that's that's normal. I think that's yeah. normal for him. Okay. So okay. a couple other guys. I got Denelson Lamette. I don't. I actually think that was a mistake that pick. I, I don't think you should be drafting a lot of Padres and Rays and stuff. Teams. With, with bad offenses and don't win a lot. It's, it's just like your pitcher, you know, Lamette's probably not going to be a plus whip ERA guy. So he gets the strikeouts, but if you don't get the wins to go along with it, he's a one category strikeout guy. So that was a mistake. I, I, I just, I don't know. I was like, Oh, San Diego, good place. Good, good strikeout guy. But I've, the more I've looked into it, I don't love him. I love Waka that I got the next round. Waka's throwing 95. He's another pedigree guy. He's in uh, St. Louis. And they just hired Mike Maddox to be the pitching coach. And Jeff was talking about this on the, uh, XM show today, but apparently Maddox is trying to get these guys to pitch uh, in high in the zone because you have all these uppercut JD Martinez, Justin Turner, you know Daniel Murphy, all the, the whole revolution of the the swing. Josh Donaldson. Well, those guys kill ground ballers because you keep the ball down, and these guys it's in their wheelhouse, and they start the uppercut swing on that low pitch, and they they knock it out of the park. And there's been data showing that uh, ground ballers get especially crushed ground ball pitchers get crushed by fly ball hitters. Right. And, you know, Verlander's really had a, a much better last couple of months. Paul Sporer was pointing that out that like when he worked up in the zone and stopped like going to the wheelhouse, most pitchers are trained to work in the bottom of the zone because obviously you want ground balls, but that's not working with these new uppercut swings. So the next phase of adaptation may be pitching up in the zone. And if you have a coach who's aware of that, I think the Cardinals may, you know, they're always like good values for pitchers. They always like produce a Lance Lynn or a Jaime yeah. Garcia a couple yeah. years ago or somebody. But uh, yeah, I, I'm all over I, Luke Weaver this year because partially because of that. I distrust that organization. Right. I mean, Weaver's getting priced up pretty sure. high, though. Yes, I know. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. So I would go with more of the underrated. And then I got Aaron Sanchez, who was like an ace two years ago. It was just like a finger injury. Uh, and then I got Sean Manaya, who they said he was on the wrong meds, like you. Also on the wrong meds. Yeah, I saw that about him. Yeah, no, you're right about that. And I think that's the next thing with DFS is is people, you know, they don't believe in the batter versus pitcher data, but they might be starting to factor in stuff like that. The type of pitcher, you know, the 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 fly ball hitter versus the ground ball pitcher. I think that's definitely going to be the new the new wave. People really starting to to delve into that. Uh, heading back a little about uh, talking about um, the the. The Padres guy you got. I'm really going to be interested in the Padres. I don't know if you follow this much, but uh, I was a uh, you know I, I read Dave Cameron at Fangraphs. Um, do you know Do you know about this? How he was hired by the Padres? Uh, I did hear that he got hired. Yeah, yeah. So like one of his, uh, you know, he wrote a few months ago or the few weeks ago even just about how stay away from Eric Hosmer and he compared him, you know, his uh, WRC plus to um, I, maybe I forget it was Matt Adams or something. But he um, basically just said this is do not do what you're about to do. And it's pretty funny that he's hired and then you know a week later they signed Hosmer to a big deal. So just curious because. Uh, because I don't know if people are under, underestimating this because they, they remember the, the SI cover of, of the Astros are going to win the World Series in 2017. 
that people are bringing that up. But do you know why that that cover became is because they hired those guys from Baseball Prospectus and, and multiple, the Goldstein and Colin Wires, I think, and a couple others. I'm probably right. bad at that stuff. But lo and behold, three, four, five years later, they are winning the World Series. So it's pretty interesting, these guys getting hired away. And I don't know, maybe there's absolutely zero causation, but I don't know. Curious to see what happens with Cameron and San Diego. blew it. The Astros... They blew a first-round pick, the first overall pick on Mark Appel. Right. They blew another one on that guy. I forget his name. who tore his ACL before he even got a career. Oh, what's his name? Yes, yes. I know you're talking I about. Right. His name. But like Chris Bryant was taken after Mark Appel. I forget who was taken after that other scrub. They let J.D. Martinez go. They had him. They let a couple other guys go. I mean, they made so many mistakes, and yet still they won the World Series. Yeah. And, you know, look, I, I don't know. I mean, it certainly helps to have good analytics people. Yeah, and Brady Aiken. Brady Aiken. Right. Like, you don't even know who he is. He's so bad. Right. That was the first overall pick. First overall pick. Yep. And, it, and they had two in a row or something. And they were both totally no, no, gotten, Appel, Appel and Aiken were back to back. Right. And they got nothing for that. Wow. Zero. So, I mean, that is, I mean, to win the World Series a couple years later. Yes, that was 13 that, and 14. Yeah, that was what if they took Chris Bryant and another stud, which they easily – I mean the first overall pick pans out quite often. Right. It's not like it's, it's you know, a long shot. Yeah. So I mean, they could have been really, really good. And you, know, you need scouting. You need analytics. You need a really good judgment from the front office that knows you know, how much to weigh what. And, uh, but you know, Dave Cameron, smart guy, good writer, but they don't give a fuck what he thinks. <laughs> He's just some stats dork that they just hired, right? You think the front office is going to like just say, "Oh, he doesn't like him"? No, I know. But no, then, of course, like why hiring the guy—that's specifically what he said—and you're just going to do the opposite. But right. who knows? You know, I think sometimes ownership gets involved, and they're morons. They don't get it. They just want to make a splash. But um, oh no, of course, there's a ton of dynamics to go into, and I just find it interesting and, and, and something I, to follow. But yeah, sure. So how'd you round out this uh, debacle of a, of a team? So yeah, this, this uh, work of art, yeah. otherwise known as a masterpiece that you're trying to say. Yeah. Uh, I'll just throw out a couple other names, you know, to fill out some. Like, you know, you should be like arrogant enough to like tweet that out. Like, look at, check out this piece of art. You should do that. But I mean, no, you, you wouldn't be that. You would now only only a real man would do that. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. All right. Go ahead. Check, check my timeline. <laughs> so. Uh, I, I got Max Kepler and Jackie Bradley as two filling outfielders because I have Robles who's going to get sent down. I have 15 pitchers. Like I right. basically have Robles and 14 starting hitters and then 15 pitchers. I just went volume. A couple other guys. I got, I got Sangwon O because I thought he was on the Rangers and he was going to close and who knows now. Uh, Felix Hernandez. I truly think Felix Hernandez is done. That's but so late thought, though. That's so late. But I thought Granky was done last year. Right. I Like – Greg, he was going in like the ninth or 10th round last year. And I was like, I had the exact same feeling about him as I have about Felix. Felix's peripherals were actually good. He just got hit hard and maybe he's done, but who knows? I got Eduardo Rodriguez. Eduardo Rodriguez is good. He may like miss a week or two with a knee problem, but it's not his arm. Guy's really good. I got this guy, uh, Hirano, who could close in Arizona. You just kind of throw a dart. I grabbed the draft champions, yeah. Yeah, the other guys aren't really worth talking about. Brandon Woodruff and Andrew. By the way, the but, same round you grabbed uh, King Felix, uh, Albert Pujols' carcass went. So, like, whatever. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Pujols has zero upside. Yeah, I mean, none. zero negative none. upside. Yeah. So exactly. he he. Uh, so yeah, Nathan Eovaldi uh, went in that same round. So uh, no, I like I actually like Felix. Here's why I'm saying it. I I'm with you because uh, it looks like uh, it looks like he's probably done. But why not at that point? Right. I mean, and if he's not done, then it's, you know, he becomes like a, a you know, number two starter. So we're going to go nuts so, for Puig again. What are we making of the whole agency firing him? Just who the hell knows and what are you going to do about it? I mean, 
First of all, fuck his agency. You know what I mean? Okay. I'm with Puy. Right. I don't care what he did. I don't care if he... Of course he, you are. ...pants and took a dump on the conference room table. I mean, I don't care. You know, I'm with Puig. Uh, I, I love the dude. Uh, he's just a really good player. And I think Puig has a 30-homer, 15-steal, 290-300 season in him. I mean, he's 27. He, he's starting to put it together. He, he's gotten together apparently off the field. We don't know what he's yeah, he still not, enough Or maybe kid. not, but yeah. No, his approach looks so different at the plate too. He had like eighth a lot last year too if you're looking at his counting stats. Don't forget that. Right. So they moved him down for God knows what reason. He's a really good defender, and that's going to keep him in the lineup too. Yeah. And I just think, you know, these guys, they come, you know, especially the dude came from Cuba from nothing. Yeah. I mean, he's like partying in L.A. with these attractive women. I mean, what do you expect? You know, I mean, how could you restrain yourself if you just got in there and all of a sudden this huge bounty of wealth and anything you want is suddenly in front of you? Right. Gene McCaffrey, I highly recommend Wise Guy Baseball. Everyone should purchase that. Um, one of the better writers in our industry. Awesome. And he, in his latest manual, he said something like, if you gave, if I came from Cuba, I think he was comparing it to Puig, but the, the concept remains the same, that if you gave me the opportunity, coming from there and he gave me the opportunity to him, not only would I not still be on a baseball team, he'd be in prison or something. If you gave that right. opportunity, coming exactly. from, or maybe, you know, prison or dead, one or the other, you know, certainly not worrying about if he could stay on a baseball team. And he's right. I mean, it's crazy. The, the expectations we have not even coming close to understanding the drastic lifestyle change. I mean, it's like Jose Fernandez, man. It's like, you know, it's like partying when you're in your t- early 20s when you have money and like everything's in front of you and right. you, you've got all this pressure to perform, you got this big contract and you're in front of a lot of people and you're blown off steam. I mean, people like to do shit and right. obviously it's tragic what happened to Jose Fernandez, but like, you know, if a dude's like, what did Puig even do? He was speeding. He was late to some shit. I'm sure he was, he was out like pictured with like celebrities and shit. Like that's mild stuff. I mean, you know, he didn't even do anything dangerous except speed, which Shit, when I was like 22 and I was in my car, I never got on the highway at less than 100 miles an hour. I never went less than 100 on the highway. For like, maybe not 22, but when I was like 19. Right. Like if I got in the car and I was on the highway, I'm going 110. Yeah. I'm seeing how fast that chick can go. And if there's somebody in the car, I'm definitely showing off right. how fast I'm right. willing to drive. Period. Right. Right. And now these dudes are supposed to be like professionals in front of people and we're like judge them. Like, oh, dude, I, I'm just – it's just amazing – well, yeah, and you can imagine the horsepower that new car is too. The the the, the oh, tool, I mean, this is, I was like driving a Honda Accord in 1990, yeah, right. and then that shit up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, it's just to me, it's like really. But but what I, the, my point was that like, so these guys get that shit out of their system a little bit, sure, and then sure. by the time they're like 27, sure they're still attracted to that, but they realize okay, here this is really important. Like, I can make money you know, real money for my my whole life. I can be a real star. I can be part of a a winning team. And I think a lot of them, they, they become less punks. You know, I was a punk when I was 20, I was an idiot, you know, but by the time you're like, for me, you know, by the time I was 42, one day, one day, (laughs) (laughs) by the time I hit my forties, I started to realize now, but for them, you know, by the time they hit like 25, 27, they get a little more mature and they, and they sometimes get it together. So I, I really think Puig might be in that sweet spot of like still has the athletic gifts but knows what's going on. So I'm, I'm big on him this year. Yeah, no, I think he's going to rake and I'll be all over him as well. I just wrote a, for, for Yahoo, I wrote a, a Dodgers preview and it's just it's just sickening as a Giants fan. It's like I'm like, oh, Corey Seager's 23-year-old shortstop with this. He was playing hurt last year and still had a top 20 uh, WRC plus or something. It's like, he can win an MVP someday. Cody Bellinger, uh, 40 homers and he didn't even come up for a month. Uh, most homers ever by a rookie in the NL. I mean, Justin Turner, uh, top 15 hitter over the last four years. It's crazy. They're just so loaded. It's a joke. 
Right. Well, I lost Darvish at least. Maybe the, someone's going to sign Arietta. Any yeah. chance the Giants sign him? That would like totally change everything. They sign like another quasi ace. Yeah, I think they're trying to stay under that tax. They just went with Tony Watson, so maybe not. I think the Phillies might. Phillies are an interesting uh, young team, but even like the Dodgers have guys like Austin Barnes, who's like would be a monster fantasy wise if they if they gave him what. Chris Taylor. Yeah, Chris Taylor. Yeah, They even have like a really good prospect that's going to come up in a couple months in the year, this pitching prospect uh, like Burley or Bueller or something. Anyway, they're loaded, and it's disgusting. Yeah, I hate the Dodgers too. I'm with yeah. you. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I like the structure of this team. I, I like, yeah, you know, yeah. Kershaw, ace reliever, so many bats, and then a whole bunch of, of lottery ticket pitchers. Are you going to do a couple more of these lists? I'm going to do one more beat Chris list, I think, if Greg gives me one, okay. because we have like a deal with them. They right. give us like a bunch and we give them out to like our main baseball guys. But then sometimes Greg just says, ah, just you can do another one. And then we'll, I'll do another one. And I'll do the main event in New York right. uh, on March 18th. Right. Right. Yeah, no, that'll be fun. Yeah, that's uh, my daughter's birthday. That's uh, yeah, the day after the League of Leagues. So you're going to fly in for that to New York? New York yeah exactly I'll be like texting you like last year yeah cool yeah so um, let me know the next one though because um I, I hear they sign up quick once word leaks that you know you're doing a draft and free money's on, gonna, out there that's, that's what I heard that they sign up fast yeah no nutless monkeys are welcome too okay all right okay cool all right but you, you let me know there's a quota of one okay. <laughs> um, so, so uh what else I was gonna, oh it's your birthday a couple days from now I, uh, I know that but yeah. I was looking for some xm info that I don't know why I was checking this google calendar I was like, why is Dalton's birthday on my Google calendar? I have no idea. You probably put that shit on there because you're such a nutless monkey. You wanted to let me know or something or I don't know what it was. I, Cry for help. I but don't even know how to do that, but I, it was not me. But uh, I, so I appreciate put that it. on there. Yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes. Getting old and yes. 36? 36. Yes. Damn. I know. When you were like a child and you started know. working. Before. I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, crazy. it's crazy. You know, I was just looking at, speaking of uh, old times, I was looking at the uh, Rotowire blog, and uh, I believe I'm only uh, I'm behind you with the most blog posts on, on, on still. I love yeah, that. I love that. Because I had, er, I had Herb uh, integrate the old Rotosynthesis right, in right. with the blog. Right. So, which is good because it's just like a huge archive. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, no, yeah, I noticed you, that and I loved it. I, that was cool. Yeah, you can look at all your bad takes if you want. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, you got anything else? Anything, anything new? It's been a couple weeks. Uh, you want vacation? No crazy stories. You're alive. You're uh, not imprisoned. Um, so I guess that's a, a, it, a win. And vacation was chill. It was like family. Heather's mom was here. Said something. You know, I got drunk a bunch, but it wasn't like crazy at all. Um, yeah, nothing much. I I could go into the whole politics thing, but we'll skip for a week. Skip, skip for a it's week. Not even worth, not right. even worth it. Not that even worth it. All right. Cool. All right. Yeah, we'll talk we'll talk politics next week and uh, get ready for League of Leagues and um, yeah, should be fun. And yeah, we we'll talk Yahoo friends and family. That's right. We'll that too. Cool. Too. All right, man. All right. All right. Man. Take All it right. easy. Later, listen. Happy. Thanks. All right. Thanks, sir. Later. Later. All right. Cool. I'll edit that shit. Cool. Uh, like the the audio, I actually edit the video. I may just leave because oh, when okay. you like when okay. they're stuttering and whatever, like it sounds terrible on the audio. When there's like um ah. Uh, uh-huh. But in video, you see the person talking, so you just don't even – it's like way better. OK. Yeah, and it's not we said anything that was needed to be – yeah. I didn't get it. That's, why, that's part of why I didn't want to go to the politics because I didn't want to edit. Gotcha. Cool. I did. All right. All right. Take <laughs> Later. Later. All right. Later.